Welcome to the Mum Style Business Podcast. I'm your host, Annalise Warren, a marketing agency founder and CEO, business strategist, digital marketing mentor, wife, and mama of three little ones. I'll help you combine ambition and motherhood and build your business to get the profit and freedom you started it to achieve. Stay tuned for conversations with successful women in business, as well as practical marketing strategies and tips that you can action right away. So let's get into it. Hello, hello. Today on the podcast, I am interviewing Suze Chadwick. Suze is a bold branding business and speaker coach, which means that she helps women to build a confidently bold brand so that they can show up stand out and build a profitable business. Now, Suze has been in the game doing her thing for for a few years now and she is absolutely kicking butt. I was so excited to be able to speak with Suze and I know you are going to get so much out of this and love every minute. So I will leave you right there and let's get into my interview with Suze. Hi, Suze. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited, thrilled and honoured to have you here today. So if you could maybe just quickly introduce yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a bold business branding and speaker coach. I like all the things. So, uh, so that's what I do. And I work with savvy women in business to help them build confidently bold brands. So I've been doing that for around about five, six years. I keep saying five years and I think that I'm over that, but because I've been saying it for so long, I still say it. Uh, so it's probably about six years now. Uh, and so, yeah, I work with women to really help them to create clear messages, have a brand that really stands out and that, you know, I talk about bold, that it breaks the mold and it's really different to other things or other people in their industry. And so that's what I'm really passionate about. Yay. Love it so much. Awesome. So let's wind back the clock a little bit and talk about why and how you got started. Yeah, sure. So I come from a recruitment and an HR background. So I was a recruiter for a really long time. Uh, and then I got into employer branding through being in recruitment. So I was living in the UK and I ran an employer branding, a really big employer branding uh, project for Deloitte, who I was heading up recruitment for in London. And it was just so exciting. Like I was just like, what is this thing? So they had a massive uh, recruitment drive on where they were looking to hire like a hundred consultants and we were going into Europe and we were doing these big campaigns and all the rest of it. Uh, And I just loved it. And I feel like I was bitten by the bug back then, which was like 2004. And then I came home to Australia and, uh, and just ended up pursuing that. So I actually moved into branding and doing more around branding when I was pregnant with my first child, Shah. And then after I had her, I pursued that career. Awesome. Wow. What a story. So (laughs) In a nutshell. In a nutshell. (laughs) I know. No, great. And so you are a mum. So you have Shan and... Ethan. Yeah. Yep. So I've got two, eight and nine at the moment, about to turn nine and 10. (laughs) You'll have to change your numbers again. I know, exactly. I just keep saying the same things for years on end. 
<laughs> yeah, I said that about my siblings when I was like, no, hang on, he's not 18 anymore. Anyway, um, so how do you balance, and I know this is like the quote, you know, <laughs> Yeah. The laughable question. How do you balance being a business owner and being a mum? I have to say, like, my kids are pretty independent, which I'm really fortunate. I think that when you've got really young kids, it can be difficult. When I started my business, I was actually working a full-time job or four days a week in a corporate. Uh, I had a three and a five-year-old at the time. And so my mum looked after them for a bit and then when I had Ethan, my husband stayed home. So in so for, for Sean, my first one, I stayed home and did maternity leave. So I've kind of had a bit of a juggle with different people looking after the kids, if I'm honest. Uh, and then when I started my business and they were really young, I would work in my corporate job in the day and then I would just work all the other waking hours on my business. Um, yeah, in the living room. We hadn't renovated the house, so we were all in the living room, uh, which was fun. And then I just really built it from there. But over the years, uh, I've just really tried to put some boundaries in place. I'm not one that's scared to ask for help as well. Uh, so my husband is a bit of a Mr. Mum, if I'm honest. So I'm the really driven, ambitious one. And he's pretty chilled. So <laughs> I think that that works for me as well. Uh, and then since we've renovated, I've now got my office and stuff so I can kind of shut the door. We've obviously had to do the juggle with virtual learning and all the rest of it. So, you know, um, he does a lot of that because he's not as busy with his work. He's in research and development and works in a lab. And so he goes into the lab maybe once or twice a week. And the rest of the time, he's kind of helping the kids out with sort of homeschooling and that. So I feel like there's a lot of support. I've got a lot of support and that's really helped me to do it. But I've also not been backwards and coming forwards about what my expectations are as well around that. Yeah. Isn't it great having hubbies that are all in? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I also think you've got to be really, you know, clear on the fact that this is actually really important and this is what I want to do. And in order for me to do it, like mm. it's not just me that's got to do all this. Yeah. It's a partnership yeah. and... Hmm. yeah and how we divide it is going to look different according to the the season yeah and like he was in the office or in the lab yesterday so I pretty much sort of took the day off work and I was with the kids and then I did a bit of work in the afternoon but I think also building a business where you've got the flexibility to be able to do that which I know you've got as well I think just makes such a difference it does and for me that's why I started yeah before that so so thanks for talking us through that. I think it's really helpful to hear how other people are doing it because we've all got our own version of the juggle, but sometimes we can go, ah, if I just like, you know, we can hear a little nugget in that and go, oh, maybe that would help me. Like, yeah. So thanks. Yeah. For- and I mean, outside of um, lockdown, we've got a cleaner. So she comes every Monday, stuff like that. You know, uh, it's not just having like, the cleaners. Like- <laughs> it's a killer, isn't it? Like I literally just said to the kids before I got on this podcast, I'm like, we need to have a clean up, like the lounge, their bedroom, the rompers room looks like a bomb's hit it. So yeah. Yeah. that's okay. That's okay. First real problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> My cleaner can't come. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So can you talk us through like over this, the time that you have been building your business, um, maybe one or two of the, the biggest challenges that you've walked through in that time and what you've sort of learned from that? 
Yeah, for sure. I think that, uh, so when I first started, I actually started my business, which is called the Connection Exchange. That's my trading name. I've now gone to my personal brand, suzechadwick.com. But when I first started, it was all about events and community and all of that sort of stuff. And I did that for a few years. And through that process, because I actually, the reason I started it is because I actually went to try and find a community and I couldn't. And so I decided I'm just going to build my own. And that was something that I did over the first sort of year or two. And that went really well, but there was no profit in it. Like it was so, and the thing is, I really like nice events. So it was like in nice spaces with feasting menus and champagne, you know, events afterwards and all the rest of it, because that's what I wanted. Like I wanted to be in a space with great training and learning and amazing like venue and then like a bit of fun and socializing afterwards. So I created these incredible events, but didn't really make any money off it. So um, I was doing coaching at the time too. Um, which I didn't really enjoy one-on-one. I do coaching now. I do like one day strategy sessions and speaker coaching, but I love both of those things, but I was doing longer term and I just didn't, wasn't really enjoying it. So I think the first thing is in the first year or so, sometimes you can just be trying stuff out and seeing what works. And then people would ask me for things like, can you teach this or can you do that? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. And I got to the point in my business where I had so many things, like I had like, eight or 10 different products and services and everything was going fine, but nothing was doing really well. And so I pretty much at some point culled like 80% of my business. Like I had a membership, I had coaching, I had events, I had workshops, like you name it, I had it. And I had Brand Builders Academy, which is my main online course. And I basically kept three things which was some of my one-on-one coaching, the course and speaking, and I got rid of everything else. And when I did that and I invested all of my time, effort, money into marketing, those one or two things, they grew like 10 times. And it was the one thing I wanted to be known for. So that was like the best decision I ever made. And I so wish I had done it earlier. And I think I procrastinated on it for a good six months, knowing that I needed to do the cull but unwilling to make the hard decision and do it. And the minute I did it, the weight and relief was incredible. And then the success of the things I kept because I focused on them was like mind blowing. Yeah. It's so, it's so hard to take that leap sometimes when you, when you're like, but I'm, but I'm getting rid of all of these clients and all of like, I'm saying no to this money and, and I've worked so hard to build it, but yeah, Yeah. you're so, you're so right. Then you're, it's like, you've got the hose and you're spraying it in 10 buckets and no bucket is actually (laughs) filling up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah. Thanks for, for giving your example on that because it's, you're right. It's tricky to, to get to that point, but so worthwhile. Oh, hundred percent. And you know, the other thing is that when I had so many products and services, my clients used to be like that it was inaction. Cause they were like, I want to work with you, but what do, do I join the membership? Do I do coaching? Do I come to an event? Do I do a workshop? Do I join BBA? Like what? Do, and I would just be like, um, well, you take a look and decide like, what is it that you need? What is it that you want? So I was not helping. And then they were just like, I can't make a decision. And I was just like, this is insane. What am I doing? And so making that big leap, can I tell you, 
I made after I did that, what I had made in profit in the first two years, I made in a single quarter after I did the comp. Okay. Well, if that's not incentive, people, come I'm on. trying to give you an incentive. <laughs> like it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So is that um, what people should be thinking about who are getting started as well to be having that frame of reference? I think what I would say, and it's such a hard one because I really do think that you learn as you go, mm. but I do think it's really about, and I talk about this all the time, really making a decision on what you want to be known for and really investing all of your time and effort into like one or two or three things maximum. And I think that when we start, we like get all the things. Like we're like, yeah, I can do that and that and that and that. Um, but I would just advise you if I had my time again I would just narrow it down and it's not to say you can't have more than one thing but I just think you've got to ask yourself what do I want to be known for does this actually help me be known for that is this serving the clients that I want and the biggest question is this profitable yeah can I make money from this is this going to work and so I think for me that was that's a big one right there I think you can try different things but just don't try everything at once. Yeah. Yeah. And the profitability side of things too, I think a lot of people shy away from that. Like they don't want to look at the numbers. Oh my gosh. And I was right there. Like, I'm not going to sit here and go, you know, something from day one, I knew all my numbers, like not at all. And I actually did a podcast episode um, last week, which was building my money confidence. And I talk about like what a shambles my money was when I was younger and what my money mindset was and um, like starting my business and how I got to the point where now I'm like in my zero every day. I love like my numbers. And it's only when you get to that point And I think just really making yourself make that a priority that you can really influence and understand what's working and what's not and where you need to be investing your time as well. I just think that's so important. And if I could go back, I wish that I had done my numbers like from day one. Mm. Yeah. I think that the business needs to revolve or like be designed around that. Like how much do you want to work and how much do you want to earn? Yeah. And then like you need, that will tell you (laughs) what's going to be worth your time and what isn't. So yeah. yeah, Awesome. Okay. So let's get into branding. Talk to me. What's a bold brand, Suze? So a bold brand is really about making a decision to break the mold in your industry. It's making a decision to really understand and capitalize on your differentiator, talk about it. It's about naming and claiming your audience and being okay with people who are not for you as well. And it's really about making that decision to show up consistently and do the work that's required. And for me, I talk about playing big and branding bold. It was like the name of my book. And for me, it's about, I choose to do things that I may not be great at yet, that could be uncomfortable, that are a stretch for me, but I want this so bad that I'm willing to do that. And then creating a brand that you love, that's clear, that does what you want it to do and that you're really proud of. Because I think this is something I've learned is that I started doing business and brand strategies for women when I first started my business. And then I'd give it to them and we'd agree on it and then they wouldn't do anything with it. And I'd be like, "Um, what is happening right now? And they just didn't love what they were putting out there. They're like, it doesn't reflect me. It's not like what I want it to be or it doesn't do what 
or say what I want it to say. So really being proud of the brand that you're putting out there, I think is a massive mental thing that you need hurdle that you need to get over and, and make sure that yes, I'm all in on what I've got. So what is a brand? So a brand is actually, it's not just your logo and your colors, which I know everybody thinks there's so many elements to a brand, but at the end of the day, a brand is an invitation to an emotional connection with you, your business and what you do. So I always say that business is the nuts and bolts. So it's a product, services, money, et cetera, like how you do what you do. And brand is how you build desire, how you build the relationship, how you create that want factor that people have where they're like, you are my person. I want to work with you. Everything that you do and talk about is for me. That is part of a brand. And so, or that's what a brand is. And then you've got so many elements to it. You've got like how you build your brand experience, how you build brand loyalty, um, really understanding like why people love you and what it is that you do, how your message contributes to that. So brand is really quite complex, but it is absolutely the foundation for what your business should be built on. So should our brand reflect us or should it reflect our client? Your brand should reflect you. And by doing that, you will attract the right clients for you. So for example, there could be 10 business coaches in a room or brand coaches. Um, but as we say, only like only one will be for you. Yeah. So it's really about me showing up as me, being me, whatever that is, I do this. And then you will decide if that's for you or not. And if it's not, then you'll go to the person next to me or somebody who is for you. So I think that that's really important as well. And it's only when you really stand in your brand and you are loud and proud about it. And when I say loud, you don't have to be loud for those of you who are like, I'm an introvert, uh, <laughs> but you are introvertedly loud and proud about it, that you will really attract people who are like, oh my gosh, I'm all in. And that's what you want. Because if you attract people that are not right for you, then you'll be wanting them to do things that maybe they don't want to do. And, and it's just not going to be a fit. Yeah. So I think that that's really important as well. And part of your brand is also your thought leadership or what you stand for. And it's what you want to be and what you want to be known for isn't what you do. So it's not like you do marketing. It's actually what you believe. Like I want to be known for building confidently bold brands. I don't want to be known as a business coach. Yeah. So you've really got to think about what is that emotional connection that you're creating where somebody looks at what it is that you do as in what you believe. And they're like, she's for me. Yeah. So should we be refining how we show up based on who we think our customer is? Like how do we decide how bold to be? Like how, how much of ourselves to show? Are we, do, do you know, do you know what It's such a personal I mean? question. It's such a, because like some people want to put it all out there. Yeah. Like, you know, there are people who are online every single day showing their family where they live, what they're doing, what they had for breakfast, all the rest of it. And other people who are a bit more private. And I think at the end of the day, the question you need to ask yourself is what's comfortable for me in order to make a connection with my audience? Like you don't have to be anybody you don't need to be, but the key things that I would say is be consistent, show up and make that connection. So even really little things and, you know, even just a mindset shift, I play on Instagram the majority of the time. That's where I choose to play. I love it. That's where my audience is. And you know something, I treat them like the people that they are on the other end of that phone. So in the morning, I say good morning to them. 
because they're there and they're showing up and they're wanting to connect with me. So it doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be like all the time, but just think about what can I do today that could really either connect, help, whatever it is with my audience that could, you know, really shift the dial for them or help me build my brand more today. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. And so do the colors and the logo, do they matter? Yeah, they do because it should reflect you. So when I talk about being really proud of what you're putting out there, a lot of times it's the visual brand that people have an issue with. So for example, they may have created something when they first started that now doesn't resonate for them. It doesn't position them where they want to be in the market. Um, And they kind of just like, I don't love it. And so I'm actually not going to put it out there. And so I think that it is really important. Like you have to really feel like, yes, that's me. Yes, it positions me where I want to be. Yes, it reflects who I am and how I want to show up. So it is absolutely important. But I also think that sometimes it's an evolution. Like when I look at my branding when I first started, let's not go there like you know and I think everybody kind of starts there I think it's a lot easier now with Canva and you know even um, getting visual branding packages I think are a lot more reasonable now than what they used to be Um, so I think that it is something worth investing in if you do have some budget when you're starting then that is something I would say invest in because if you love it, you'll use it everywhere. And I also think that a really cohesive visual brand builds trust. So if I go to your socials and then I go to your website and then I meet you or whatever it is, all the different touch points, if there's inconsistency there, it just leaves a bit of a feeling that's like something's not quite right. And so I do think it's important to have consistency of visual brand across your platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Now we can leave that, <laughs> leave yeah, that alone. Good. And I think a lot of people get hung up on it as well. So I would kind of add like done is better than perfect. And yeah. we just like, just pick the best thing and do, do what you're doing Yeah. and you can come back and change it and you oh, can refine absolutely. it and you can, yeah. Like I said, like most of us started pretty poor and then like it's now become more of what we want it to be. But yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. It's a process. So how, how do you build brand loyalty? What does that look like? Yeah. So brand loyalty really comes from a brand experience that connects with your audience. So we don't buy products and services. We buy communities, transformations and extensions of our own identity. So, you know, I always joke around and say, nobody needs a luxury car. Like it's a statement. Yeah. It's about who I am and what this says about me. And so I think that when it comes to brand loyalty, you've really got to take a look at with my brand and what I'm doing, how am I building community around it? How am I creating more than just this widget or this thing that somebody buys, but I'm actually creating something that they can belong to. And that's what I talk about. Like when I'm talking about a brand is about an you know, an invitation to an emotional connection. It's more than just the thing. And so you've really got to look at based on whether I've got a product business or I've got a service business, how am I building that community? So obviously if you've got a service-based business, like for you, you'll have your like membership or community, et cetera. I'm the same in my courses. Um, You know, they love one another, they help one another. It's amazing. And so then people want to be part of that community because they see that, 
um, connection that they have. Now, if you're a product, you know, I always joke around that if I walk down the street and another girl's wearing Mr. Zimmy or Gorman, we give each other a bit of a look because we're in the gang, yeah, because we've both got the same kind of... Um, taste in clothing etc and so and then also hashtags like show us your gourmet stuff like that so they're building community and so when it comes to loyalty if you can create something that people want to be a part of then you'll get brand loyalty the other thing is that the brand experience also needs to speak to them so if you have got a high-end product or you're charging quite a bit then you've also got to think about what does that experience need to look like in order to service somebody who's willing to pay that amount of money and what are their expectations and i think a really good ad i don't know if you've seen it is the Volkswagen ad and so there's a delivery guy that walks up the path with like a small bunch of flowers and he's a bit disheveled and then he sees in the drive way that they've got a Volkswagen and so he stops for a second he goes back to his van and as he comes up the path again the bouquet's 10 times bigger he's like all like neatly dressed and he's like you know sorted himself out and it's like Volkswagen buyers expect a little bit more <laughs> and it's do you know what I mean and it's really it's like we're not just selling you a car we're selling you an extension of your identity where you expect a little bit more from life and so I think you've really got to take a look at what your customers or the customers that you're wanting to attract what do they expect and how are you delivering that through surprise and delight through the process that they go through through the customization of what you do through the touch points and the connection those sorts of things like it all matters and I always talk about crafting because I think that word's really important crafting a brand experience that positions you where you want your business to be and how how do you recommend that people start that process you have to sit down and work through it. So I always talk about the fact that I normally take two or three days at the beginning of the year, like start with three hours if you don't have a lot of time and sit down and actually look at, I call it the rabbit hole. Don't you like, I've got all my own little language here. You do. Um, <laughs> that's what we call an ism, which is like your own language, but, um, but craft it. So really take a look and say, so when somebody finds me and the rabbit hole is when somebody finds me on Instagram, say for me, then what's their experience there? And then when they click that link, what am I offering them? And then when they go to the website, what's their experience there? And is it easy for them to find out who I am, what I do to see my products and services. Is it easy for them to buy? When they buy, what's that experience like? What's the communication that they get? So I actually want you, and that's the rabbit hole that somebody goes down. Yeah. Um, and so my question to you is, have you sat and crafted your brand experience from the moment somebody finds you on maybe the main channel that you see people coming to you from? through to when they finish working with you. So it's not even when they buy, it's when they get their product, when they become part of your community, when they start talking about you to other people, like what does all of those touch points look like? And I think that the, the more further along in business you are, the deeper that rabbit hole will be, the more touch points there might be, the better the experience might be. But if you're just starting out, just look at like, I don't know, five touch points. Like how are you surprising and delighting and creating great brand experience? Um, and do you know what it looks like or are you just kind of leaving it to chance? Mm. Yeah, and being really intentional about, yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great tips. Thank you. That's okay. So what would you say that you find with your clients is 
something that that a lot of people struggle with like what do you what should people look out for on their their journey for me i actually think that a lot of people really struggle with their message like they can't succinctly nail what they do for somebody and i think that when it comes to building a brand like we were just talking about you've got to really be able to state in a sentence what the benefit of working with you is And I think that that's something either people can't create something that's powerful enough to have an impact. They're not really sure what it is exactly. um, Or they just haven't spent the time to sit and work it out as well. And so I think that if you can be really clear on what you're here to do and what you believe, I think that that can really infuse a lot into all the things we just talked about, how you show up, how you build community, all that sort of stuff, because it really becomes the compass and the anchor for what it is that you're, what you're doing in your business, what people are connecting to, why they're choosing you over other people. And so I think that that's something that a lot of people who come to me have struggled with is that they've kind of built these businesses and it's kind of gone well. And now that they're looking to either scale or go bigger or et cetera, they're like, you know, I actually don't know how to talk about what I do in a really clear and powerful way. So that's probably one of the key things. And then the second thing I think that a lot of people struggle with is brand positioning. So if you've ever got a client that's like, you're too expensive for me or like they challenge you on your pricing, then I would say that your brand position is not right. Like if I walk into Chanel, I know exactly what the quality, the products and the price is going to be because I know where they're positioned in the market. And if I walk into Kmart, I know exactly the same. So you've got to ask yourself, where am I positioning myself in the market and actually looking at and saying, well, I kind of know what my my competitive landscape is and I kind of think that I'm up here or I'm wherever like wherever it is you want to be and then really saying if that's where I want to position myself and I want my prices to be at here then what is the quality of the work I do need to be um, what is my communications need to be what do my visuals need to be etc so I think really understanding where you position yourself in the market and making sure that all of the elements fit that I think is really important too yeah so good so is that the kind of thing that you work with inside your brand builders academy is that what we work on so much but yeah (laughs) that's one of the things yeah so we go through like mindset i talk about mindset all the time which i'm sure you talk about as well like you know just that real desire to show up know your numbers all the rest of it i feel like everything we talk about there's a mindset element to it Mm -hmm. but yeah we go through mindset business strategy Um, brand strategy we go through marketing pricing and packaging all the rest of it because I actually think all of those elements are what builds your brand um, in their own ways and so getting really clear and making sure like we just said if I'm positioning myself here everything that we've just talked about your marketing your pricing your packaging your strategy needs to align with that position really well for Mm -hmm. it to land where you want it to land yeah, because if you're using the language of like of up here and then you're like, okay, well, it's $500, they're going to be like, yes. uh, what am I getting for that? Yeah. Like, is yeah. that actually going to make it? <laughs> How yeah. is that the ultimate solution to my problems? And it's only $500. Like, it mustn't actually be good enough. Like, yeah, so you're 100%. right. 100%. It has Price to be. This perception of quality. It so is, yeah. So you're right. It all is going to come into it. Yeah. 
So is there anything else that you would like to leave our audience with in terms of inspiration? I know my, my mind is, is buzzing and I've got all of these really great ideas. We've got, we've just onboarded um, a bunch of new clients in the marketing mentor program. So yeah. we're in that, we're in that strategy section and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like my, <laughs> yeah. My, I've got lots of great ideas. So I'm sure that everyone listening does as well. Um, yeah. So is there any kind of last things that you would, that you think people should be thinking about thinking before about? we dig into where we can find you? Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I would say that I'm pretty passionate about is actually um, is building desire. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss as well, is actually asking yourself, what is it that my customer desires? What is it that they really long for in their life? And how am I talking to that? Like, what is the language I'm using to really speak to that? So I do a lot of like surveys, interviews, conversations, where I just really understand like, and, and it's about in this moment. So in this moment, in 2020, when we're recording this, how is my customer feeling? What is their challenge? What is the language that they're using? What is the emotion that they're experiencing? And so what is their deep desire right now? And I think that sometimes we start our business and we understand what the problem is and we do personas and stuff like that. But I think that once again, if you want to create that emotional connection and that emotional invitation to your audience, you've really got to speak to them right now about the things that really matter to them and you've actually got to care. And so I think for me, that's a really big part of how you build a brand that people fall in love with, which is what you want. So how do we, how often do you do that? How often do you ask yourself that question? All the time because the market changes so much. And I think that this is where if you've got a community or if you're having regular conversations with your audience, I think that this becomes a much easier thing to be able to do where it's not always so formal, but even like at the beginning of the year, um, I just sent out a survey to all of my uh, subscribers and I asked them three questions and I normally do this once a year and I'll be like, so uh, based on what I talk about, um, which of these three topics is most important to you right now? And so then they tell me and then I say, like, where are you listening, reading, video? What are you consuming? Um, and then I'll, I'll like ask an open-ended question, like, is there anything you want to tell me? Like stuff like that. And that gives me so much information. So it's like a three question survey. And then what I'll do is then I'll have more conversations about what came out of that. So I'll share with all my subscribers what the results of the survey were, um, things that I'm seeing in the market. So insights, I think is really important as well, if you can, depending on what your business is. But that for me, with what I do, um, always really helps me. And so from that, you know, I really, maybe it's kind of like when we were saying, we always make our kids be the same age in our head. I, when I started my business, which was five or six years ago now, I attracted certain people. And now those people are like six years in business. So what they need is very different to where we started. And so I might be going, do you need help with social media or do you need help with this or that? But in fact, they want to be seen as thought leaders and leaders in their field. And so how am I now so like supporting them to do that because they're at that stage of the journey. And so I think it just really helps you to keep a, a finger on the pulse mm -hmm. of your audience, um, where they're at and what you can really be doing to ensure that you're supporting them as well. But I'm having those conversations all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important is actually 
like you were saying, pushing yourself to get uncomfortable sometimes and, and have those conversations and know that people who are following you actually want to be hearing from you and it's, you're not annoying people. It's okay to be asking questions and like, and yeah. people who don't, don't want to answer just won't answer. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you're forcing anybody to answer. But the other thing I want to say, especially during times like this, people want to feel heard and they want to feel listened to. And so don't underestimate the power, not only for your own knowledge, but just for that connection and kind of going, I'm here, I'm asking, I'm listening because you matter and because I care. Yeah. So I think that that's also really worth its weight in gold as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Suze. That's really great. So where can we find you? How do people work with you? I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but tell us all the things. Well, see, the lucky thing is, is that there's not all the things. There's just <laughs> there's like three. one or two things. <laughs> <laughs> tell us the three things. <laughs> So good. So you can find me at suzechadwick.com and then you can find me on all socials at suzechadwick as well. So so hopefully that's easy. I do hang out on Instagram the most uh, and I'm in stories a lot too. And then my main program is Brand Builders Academy, which is just suzechadwick.com forward slash BBA. So yeah, and you can see everything else on the website, but yeah, hopefully there's not too much. Awesome. You will see lots of bright colours. You will see Suze in all her bold (laughs) branding goodness. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us and well with me today. I really appreciate it. I have gained so much um, inspiration and knowledge from this. So I know that everyone else will as well. So thanks so much, Suze. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the Mum Style Business Podcast. One more thing before you go. I would love to be able to practically support you with free live marketing coaching every single week. So head on over and join the Social Marketing Method Facebook group. Connect with other successful women in business, combining ambition and motherhood and making a real impact in their families and in the world. To join, go to AnnaliseWarn.com forward slash group or search for The Social Marketing Method on Facebook. Can't wait to see you there.